What's going on, everybody? Another day of rain in eastern Pennsylvania. Really crappy day out. I, the temperature went up, which felt pretty nice. Uh, however, it's absolutely pouring and it's been pouring for a while. Seems like it's been raining for like a week straight. Uh, enough about the weather, but this is another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. I am your host. I am Cole Haight. Uh, remember to follow the podcast on Twitter at All In Man Cave Pod, as well as shooting me a Facebook request. Uh, Cole Haight, C O L E H A Y D as in dog, T as in Tom. Wanted to come out with a pod today. Uh, we got plenty of time, uh, including all of this weekend and the rest of next week, to talk about the Super Bowl. But we're going to talk about some headlines today, some stuff that's going on, and and the NFL's riddled with a lot of a lot of stuff going on right now. So we're going to talk about a few of the headlines. Probably a shorter pod today, but uh, if you like the pod. To let somebody know, your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody you think who would enjoy uh, a, a great sports podcast in which I am the host of. So let's hop into the headlines in the NFL right now. Uh, the first one I want to bring up, which, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even think was ever going to happen, to be quite honest. Uh, as an NFL fan, I never thought this was going to happen, but the Washington former Redskins, former football team, has a new name, and they're the Washington Com- the Washington Commanders, which is very interesting. Very interesting name choice. I actually follow a person on Twitter uh, that has been following this this name change for Washington relatively closely, and they were pretty adamant that it was either going to be the Washington Red Wolves or currently just keep the Washington Football Team. Now, the first thing I'm going to say before I even talk about their jerseys or, or, or the name change and how interesting it is is. Anybody out there that listens to this podcast, or if you guys have friends of people that listen to this podcast, uh, listen, if you guys are former Redskins slash Washington football team fans uh, and have been fans since since they had their original name as the Redskins, I feel bad for you. You guys probably have apparel with, or will have apparel with three different names on it. That is absolutely insane to think about, to be quite honest with you. It's actually crazy to think that you could have a T-shirt for, for for the same football team, but with three different names. But and and shout out to one of my former coworkers at FedEx, Jared Sachs. There is no possible way he probably listens to this podcast, but I'm shouting him out anyway. One of the biggest Redskins fans I've met, uh, and he was an original Redskins fan. That was the Washington Football Team, now the Commanders. I know how people feel about the name, and some people feel really weird about their original name, which is why they changed it in the first place. So I want to be politically correct in air quotes. But listen, it's it, it's kind of crazy. I, I really didn't see this one coming, and I know it seems probably a little insignificant uh, to be talking this much about a name change in the NFL, but the NFL's huge, uh, and there's fans of this team uh, amongst three different names. Uh, and amongst multiple decades, probably. So uh, the Commanders, it, it seems like the there's not really a logo released yet. Uh, I think they're just going to go with like a W uh, based on the posts I've seen on social media and uh, via the sports ether. Uh, it doesn't really seem like they're going to have a a Commanders logo with like a man or, or what have you, uh, whatever, uh, as the what would be the Commander. But... 
I mean, they they released their jerseys. Their jerseys look kind of sweet. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there is a lot of stuff out on Twitter right now talking about they look like the Arizona State Sun Devils, uh, which is actually kind of true, to be honest with you. Uh, they released a black, a white, and like a maroon-ish uh, burgundy color jersey. Uh, they look pretty cool, not going to lie. Um, and, and I get it from all aspects of how you feel about this name change or does it make sense? I, I As cool as the Washington football team is, uh, you'd rather have a name for your football team. So I get it. I 100% get it. I don't know how they decided to come up with this name or where it came from because uh, I think there's multiple teams out there w- with the name Commanders, and I, and I think there was an AAF team, uh, an All-American Football League or whatever that, that was uh, that stopped uh, not too long ago uh, and was basically uh, it was just ended like the league itself just crumbled but it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see they had high hopes this season didn't really pan out or work out any close to what type of way they thought it would uh, with some injuries uh, of key players that they went out and picked up so it, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting they have a new name the Washington football team is now the Washington commanders uh, so we'll keep an eye on what what even that is or what they look like moving forward uh, in the upcoming seasons in the NFL. So we'll see. Next on my headlines list, and if you've been under a rock and you've heard nothing about this situation, it's going to shock you a bit, uh, but I'm sure most of you out there that at least listen to this podcast or have ESPN on your phone that gives you updates to the NFL, uh, the Brian Flores lawsuit against multiple teams against the league, Uh, for discrimination, for racism, and for some of this type of stuff that's been going on uh, with the issues that the NFL's had with the Rooney rule. Now, first up, obviously, I I, I talk sports a lot, and sometimes my girlfriend, who is not that avid in the sports world, nor does she want to be, I was trying to describe to her what the Rooney rule was the other night, and it was a bit hard for her to understand. Uh, So for anybody out there who doesn't know what the Rooney rule effectively is, to be right up straight to the point, uh, when you have an open position on your NFL football team, you need to hire, sorry, not need to hire, you need to interview at least two minority candidates for each position that you have vacant Uh, And if you do not, there will be heavy penalties uh, to increase the diversity of the league uh, and to effectively stop being stop owners from being prejudiced. And to be quite honest with you, the way that this was was put into place, I think that this started in 1993, if I'm not mistaken. I do remember it was sometime around the year I was created uh, and I was alive on this earth, uh, which was 1992, to be quite honest. But I think it's 1993. Uh, just diversity in the league, everything about it, uh, and, and it's great. It's it's a it, 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 the idea of the Rooney Rule was a good idea uh, in action. Uh, it had didn't really work the way they expected it to work, which is very saddening to be quite honest with you. Um, but Brian Flores has a lawsuit out against the NFL. There are multiple key things that I took from this, and we could talk for at least three podcasts probably three hours worth of content for everything from this lawsuit that was basically broken down. But Brian Flores is basically coming out and saying that he was just a pawn in a game uh, and multiple teams didn't give him the opportunity or never even 
thought about him as an individual uh, during some of these interview processes while he was a head coach. And we're going to highlight some of the stuff that he said about some of these NFL football teams and some of the stuff that he's allegedly reporting that actually happened. So due process is due process. I understand that, and and I lean a certain way when it comes to this type situation in the NFL. Uh, I lean towards diversity. I lean towards the NFL uh, having zero African-American or any minority owners in the NFL. Uh, I believe right now there is currently one head coach after all of the firings that occurred this season after the 2021 season. There is one African-American head coach. The rest of them are all white. At, when there's a bunch of dots, when there's some some sort of situation uh, with a lot of red flags, typically the red flag is it's worth some merit and some worth some merit to talk about. So real quick, let's go through. Uh, there's three teams that that Brian Flores allegedly has exact times, goes through exact situations, in which case all three are extremely sketchy, and, and that's taking it very lightly. So let's start. So the three teams are the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the Giants. So Brian Flores, 2019, interviews for the head coaching position for the Denver Broncos. John Elway uh, at the top of that chain with a lot of the a lot of the upper management, uh, the corporate side, a lot of the owners, stuff like this, people higher up in within the organization. Basically, uh, he goes shows up to this interview. They show up late uh, based on what Brian Flores said. I will speak as him. Uh, they showed up late to this interview up at least an hour is what he's stating. Uh, they showed it, they showed up, they were disheveled, uh, disheveled, basically meaning it looked like, and this is his words. Uh, they looked like they had a long night of drinking the night before. Uh, so listen, I, I'm, it basically, that is what I'm taking from that. I know it doesn't seem as if, uh, this is a prejudice type situation. This is a racist type situation. Um, but he felt like he didn't get what he would have gotten from someone else if they had an interview, uh, depending on their skin color or what have you. So uh, that that's a major that's that that's a major infraction uh, if that were to actually be become uh, what is the truth uh, of this situation. It's absolutely insane to think about uh, the fact that you had to prepare for that interview, the fact that you are ready to sell yourself to this football team that. It seems like they were willing to hire you uh, and for them to come in and seem either uninterested or if they were just completely disheveled from having a long night of drinking it looks like you just don't care uh, and regardless of whether they were drinking or not if they showed up to an interview to interview a candidate to lead a multi-billion dollar organization and they seem like they don't care that's a problem you got to take it for what it is. You can compare it to the real world, uh, and it happens in the real world, even if people don't see it every day. Uh, I work in warehousing. I've seen it every day. I've been a supervisor. I've been higher up in middle management. I haven't ever been in upper management, uh, but I know that it exists, and I see it exist. So it's I know that there's a situation, and I know, and which is basically why I lean the way I lean when it comes to how I feel about the Rooney rule, how I feel about the way the NFL handles things, and it's unfortunate. Uh, but that's the Denver Broncos situation. To the Miami Dolphins, moving on. 
Uh, he was the head coach, just recently fired from the head coaching position. He claims that he was offered multiple th- hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, worth of thrown losses. Uh, basically, the owner approached him and said he would pay him $100,000 for every game he lost on purpose or didn't try in so that they would get a, a loss, an L, to make sure that their draft status was where the owner felt like it needed to be. This one is the most concerning of the rest only because, and we'll get to the last one in a minute, but this, this I have to say it because it's the second. I brought it up second, and I, and I have to defend my position here, but this one's worse than the rest because not only are you... Not only are you compromising the team as a whole, the team, the fans, the 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 shield, the NFL shield, which you're always supposed to defend the shield in the NFL. That's the the trademark phrase everybody around Twitter and everybody on on Instagram and on the internet wants to use right now uh, against the NFL during these allegations. And, and you cannot compromise the NFL. It, it's it's similar to the situation that I feel personally about. And there's a lot of people that think this. They think sports is fixed. And it's fixed because of Vegas betting on it. It's fixed on ba- what happens during some of these big games. And the minute you admit that the NFL is fixed, you can no longer be a fan. And that's what it is. That's the real statement that I think about that as a whole. The minute you admit to yourself or even think that the NFL is fixed, what is the point of being a fan? And I don't think, and I'm I'm on the other side, I don't think the NFL is 100% fixed. I haven't seen enough. Yes, coincidences occur. And I'm willing to admit that the coincidences are sometimes a bit sketchy. Uh, but I don't think the entire NFL is fixed under uh, under any circumstances. Uh, but there's a lot of people I know who feel that way, and there's a lot of people I know who have stopped what fi- stopped sorry stopped watching football because they feel that way. So, I, listen, offering a coach 100k to throw games, he gets you then to two he gets you then to two winning seasons, which you haven't had back to back winning seasons in probably a decade and or more. And then you fire him. It's very interesting. It's interesting to look at. There you go again. The the key word, the 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 man point word. It looks sketchy. It, it looks sketchy. That that's that's basically it. It it and it's not. It's bigger than just Brian Flores. It's bigger than. It's bigger than a lot of things. It's not bigger than racism, but it's bigger than. It it affects the entire NFL and how you feel like it's gonna go. So it, that's that's the second part of this and the third team, the New York Giants, and this one's interesting. I don't think it's as serious as compromising the NFL, but they know now after this situation that word gets around and some people are in the loop and some people aren't. So Brian Flores this offseason after being fired by the Miami Dolphins interviewed for the New York Giants position or was a going to interview for the New York Giants position. Uh, Before that interview occurred, uh, Brian Flores got a text message from Bill Belichick telling him that telling him basically congratulations And, and Bill Belichick texted apparently the wrong Brian in his phone, which I 
that's already a, a sketchy enough situation. How do you do, not double check a text message? Uh, but Brian Dayball had already interviewed for these this current New York Giants head coaching uh, vacancy. And, and he texted the wrong Brian before Brian Flores got the opportunity to interview. Brian Flores then goes on that interview, gives it his all, and then Brian Dayball is in, almost instantaneously named the head coach of the New York Giants. Brian Dayball, white. Brian Flores, African-American. So now this is another, is it a coincidence? Was that actually a mistake? That's one side of it. The other side of it is how did Bill Belichick know that they were so interested in Dayball, him, them, then hiring Dayball, and it not be actually ultimately that the fact that they interviewed Brian Dayball and made a decision before they interviewed a minority candidate. So this is, again, another sticky situation with what's going on in the NFL right now. And I don't know. Yes, there's a lot of he said, she said. Of course, the NFL comes out with multiple, multiple words uh, to defend themselves and relatively quickly uh, for in all of these situations. John Elway came out and defended himself in the Broncos situation. Uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, came out with another a comment as well as the New York Giants as a as a whole the, their entire upper management staff as a whole came out with a statement as well so i i you knew that was going to happen regardless of what you, how you feel what side you lean on and what side of the fence you want to be on ultimately in, in this entire debate they all came out defending themselves and honestly regular people like fans like us at home i should say i shouldn't say us maybe there's somebody who's in a better situation uh, than being considered a normal person but th- th- listening to this podcast but th- listen it's it- it's it's one of those things is i don't know where to lean and 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 different situations make me feel a different type of way uh, the way I feel about this Brian Flores situation, the, the what I know about him as a person, the way he coaches, the way he carries himself, I find it very hard to believe uh, that Brian Flores right now is coming out with lies to try and make a change that he thinks is real. Uh, but I guess if he was doing it, it would be overblown. I, I just don't see Brian Flores coming out with a bunch of lies and just blaming these organizations to try and have some ulterior motive that comes true. Based on what I've seen from him in interviews, uh, he had a 20-minute interview on Get Up uh, with his uh, lawyers present that are part of the the class action lawsuit. I find it very hard to believe that Brian Flores, the person that I've seen, that I've seen coach uh, for multiple years from the Bill Belichick tree, a defensive-minded guy, players coach, He's tough, but he but he's 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 good. He's equal. He's he's everything that he wants to see in the NFL. Uh, and I think I, I'm leaning towards a hundred. I'm close to a hundred percent sure uh, that Brian Flores isn't making this up, and this is a huge problem in the NFL. That that's just where I'm at. It's a very long, weird. Uh, and this comes out once in a while in sports. It doesn't necessarily have to be the NFL, whether it be the NBA, the NHL, uh, the MLB. There's always a story uh, uh, that people feel like they are very close to the fence on and they don't know which way to go. 
this is probably going to be that next story where, where people are going to be very close, but they're going to be picking sides relatively soon with more and more information leaked out via the internet. Uh, as well as on social media and whether the social media stuff that's being released is true or not, it's going to sway a lot of people and how they feel about it. So uh, he's Brian Flores said in his interview on Get Up, he realizes the severity of what he's doing. He understands it might affect the fact that he may never coach again in the NFL and he doesn't care. For someone to throw their career out, there's no way that they... I was, it's not impossible, but there's a very little chance that they're coming out with bold face lies, uh, with fake uh, PR releases about some of the stuff that's happening, and they're just putting on an act to try and get change. I don't think that that's what's happening, uh, based on what I've seen, based on what I've read, and based on what I've heard. I just, I've used all of it. I put it together, and I'm gonna stick with Brian Flores on this lawsuit, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust that 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 he's right and he's telling the truth and that there needs to be major change in the NFL in terms of at the ownership level. There just does. There's plenty of people out there that are going to be willing uh, to open their pockets to own an NFL team. And the fact that every single person in the NFL is white, it just screams there's something going on. And I'm not necessarily sure the extent of it. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. But based on what he's released, I think that people need to take a look uh, at some some of this stuff that's coming out and got to put some validity to it. And that's that's just basically how I feel about about the Brian Flores situation. I I hope he coaches again. He was a great coach. Uh, He he made the Dolphins relevant even with their bad start this year. They ended up winning what eight of their last nine games. It, It was absolutely incredible to see that turnaround. And he's got a way to coach individuals to make them as good as they can be, which is what you want from your head coach of your organization. So we'll see what happens with maybe possibly teams that haven't already assured head coaches uh, in this offseason. There's three left. We'll talk about those in a bit. But uh, let's see what happens. Uh, But I'm leaning towards Flores and supporting him in every part of what what. He's advocating for change. I want as well in the NFL, and I want in the world. But uh, the NFL is a good start. The, the world, it, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot rougher. We've seen the history of this country. We've seen all this, all these things happen. Uh, but the NFL would be a good start. All right, next, moving on, my Minnesota Vikings and their head coaching position uh, and the weird stuff that's happened in the past week. Listen, I know a lot of you guys want me to talk about all of the head coaching openings, and we will talk about them in a minute, and who's been filled, how I feel about those, but the situation that occurred in Minnesota is one that I've never seen uh, as a Vikings fan, nor do I remember it if it has, Uh, but there's been a coaching carousel in Minnesota since Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman uh, were both fired, the head coach and GM, so the Vikings have hired uh, their GM uh, in a young finance analytical type guy in uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, uh, former front office man for the 49ers and the Browns. Uh, but there's been a lot of movement in this, and, and it's been very interesting. I talk to a lot of people. I know a lot of people that are Vikings fans personally uh, and the way they felt about it. So I just wanted to use some of that to kind of describe this. And this situation in general is kind of crazy. 
not just uh, and not just because it's the Vikings and I love talking Vikings, uh, but this is interesting in general when it comes to the NFL and how these coaches were selected and the processes they used to interview and how the Vikings ended up feeling about them. So uh, everybody knew about D'Amico Ryan's uh, the de- the uh, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. They're currently out of the playoffs. I thought in in a for real statement, I honestly thought that the Vikings would hire D'Amico Ryans. He had a scheduled inter- second interview with them. He eventually then declined that interview and said he was going to stay in San Francisco uh, and hone in on his talents, uh, try and make himself a little bit better as a coach. Uh, that's what I got from, from what I've seen that was released via the internet. So I don't blame him to be honest, but that's who I thought the Vikings would actually hire. If you asked me this a week ago and not today, a lot of more stuff has happened in the past few days. I know the last podcast I came out with, I posted on Tuesday. So a lot has happened since Tuesday. So, all right. So D'Amico Ryans is out, declines the second interview, uh, appreciates that they offered it to him, but he's going to stay in San Francisco. You then have all of this drama uh, and, and, the drama was real with with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh takes a flight out of Michigan to fly to Minnesota for this for this interview. They had conducted either an on uh, like a phone interview as well as some uh, or some some situation of that, whether it be Zoom uh, or what have you, Facetime, uh, whatever. They con- they conducted a first interview and he flew out for a second interview to the stadium. So a lot of stuff happened while that was happening. Not only did he fly to the Minnesota Vikings stadium, he did it on national signing day in college football. And of which case he is coaching currently uh, as a power five head coach for a college football program in the Michigan Wolverines. That itself is insane. If you see a college head coach go on an interview on national signing day, that is a red flag. Like, yes, this guy's leaving because he's planning on getting hired, uh, which then the Vikings had nothing said on Twitter, nothing on social media saying officially he was going to be hired even after this interview. So this interview takes place, and then I see an update on Twitter that he's going to remain with Michigan. What? Let's look at this. So I honestly want you guys to tell me how you feel about it, whether you need to tweet uh, at all in Man Cave Pod, whether you got to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whether you have to add me on Facebook, shoot me a direct message. What, which side didn't want the other? And I'm kind of on the fence, to be quite honest. I am 50-50 on the fence. So you have a current GM that was just hired by the Vikings that likes Jim Harbaugh, worked with Jim Harbaugh, you have an organization in Minnesota that l- that's previously liked the defensive coach, a quieter guy, a harder guy, an older guy. But what I've seen on the internet is that the sides were opposite, where Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, current GM, felt some type of way about Jim Harbaugh and the Wilfs wanted him. So now, which which side do you think at the end of the day 
and I'm putting that putting this out as a random poll. I'm probably going to post it on Twitter after I re- after I finish recording this podcast and I upload it uh, to all the platforms. So, which side do you think was the side that wasn't a fan, honestly, and why? Honestly, I think that at at his core. Our new GM wants a younger individual that's offensive-minded. Based on what I've heard him talk about, based on what he thinks is important, based on his introductory like his introductory speech after he was hired, I think he wants a younger offensive coach. That's what I think he wants. What does he want to see? What a defensive coach has to offer? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, He wants a younger offensive-minded coach. Now, we're going to talk in a minute. And actually, let's just transition now. We have three more candidates that I've seen linked to the Vikings. Patrick Graham, former Bill Belichickian, as well as an Ivy League guy who's a defensive-minded coach that has been linked to our current GM. You have a defensive coordinator, the current defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams in Raheem Morris, who's been a head coach before, a defensive-minded guy, but he's a little bit younger. And you have Kevin O'Connell, the current offensive coordinator for the LA Rams. Both of those last two individuals cannot be signed before the, the end of the Super Bowl. They cannot be signed. They cannot agree to anything official. So that puts the Vikings in some type of bind between those two. Let's talk about... Ray Morris. Nobody in the Minnesota Vikings world or anywhere in the NFL world thinks that Morris would work with Minnesota. I think he would. I think he absolutely would. Now, is it a bit sticky because he's been a head coach before? It didn't work out. Yes. However, defensive coordinators or D de- or anybody that's defensive minded in the league currently typically doesn't have any offensive experience at all. This man does, being working with the QBs in Tampa Bay way back earlier in his career. So that's the kind of thing that I think would have helped him hire a good offensive coordinator, make sure that the offense is good, relate to what they need in terms of the draft, focusing on not only one side of the football, things that in an NFL game are very important. Now, Patrick Graham has been on multiple other second interviews and he accepted them probably because the Vikings aren't very interested in what he has to offer. I don't know much about Patrick Graham. I know he's the current defensive coordinator of the Giants. I know he has a link. He's an Ivy League guy, something that maybe our current GM with him going to Princeton would relate to and would like to to look at in terms of a potential candidate. But I haven't heard anything positive from the Minnesota Vikings as a whole or their camp, in quotation marks, that would say that they're really interested in Patrick Graham. So that leads me to the final candidate, which is the expected candidate that the Vikings are going to hire. And that's Kevin O'Connell, the current offensive coordinator for the LA Rams. This is extremely interesting. Very interesting in a lot more ways than you think. So a lot of teams out there right now are focusing their GM and head coaching searches on people that relate easily to each other or have previously worked together. That is what it is a focus on in the NFL right now for for head coaches and GMs to be hand-in-hand as a tandem to create a good roster, be on the same page, and win championships. That is what I'm getting, and that is what I'm seeing. 
So no link with O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell, and uh, Quesi, uh, Adovo Mensa, our GM. No link at all. However, he's younger. He's an offensive mind. And he's a former quarterback coach for our current quarterback, Kirk Cousins. This gets extremely interesting now. You guys know that I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins. I will never be the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins. But if what Kirk Cousins needs to go on a run in the last year of his contract is his former QB coach, who is now going to be the head coach and wants the best out of him, maybe it's not a bad move for a year. Maybe it's not until Kirk's gone and we figure out what we do at the quarterback position. Maybe it's not the best. I Listen, I go back and forth. I have multiple mothers in this life. I've befriended a lot of older women. I'm 29. I don't know. I have a lot of moms. It's awesome to have the support system. I got great friends out of it. It's, a, it's amazing. A, a, a diehard, one of my multiple mothers that I have. Shout out Chrissy on the pod. Shout out. Loves Kirk Cousins, as does her husband. I have never agreed with them ever. But right now with the current situation and what I'm seeing as these dominoes falling and how they fall, I don't not support it. I don't not support it because he's younger. He could be a long-term coaching hire. It could work out. You can make something of this season with him working with Kirk Cousins, with him making the team better so that Kirk can be better as well as his idea of finding a defensive coordinator to put on the other side of the football to, to revamp our defense as well. And we can basically rebuild without rebuilding. That's the positive I'm taking from this. And I'm going to take a lot of shit because I talked a lot of shit on Kirk Cousins. But if what Kirk Cousins needs is his former quarterback coach, he's younger, he's got a great offensive mind. Look at just what the Rams have been doing this season uh, with the players that they have. Uh, the Vikings roster is strong as well on the offensive side. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, they're planning to hire him right after the Super Bowl. This could blow up in everyone's face, and he could just not not leave if they win a Super Bowl and just stay there. Uh, but I think if he has the opportunity to be a head coach, he's going to take it. Uh, so Kevin O'Connell, welcome to Minnesota, uh, because I expect the Vikings to hire Kevin O'Connell as their next head coach, and next season is going to be very interesting. All right, we talked about the Vikings a little bit. Let's talk about the the positions real quick and some of the people I haven't talked about because it's been relatively new information. Uh, or, uh, listen, let's talk about some of the openings that are still out there. So there were a total of nine openings total, I believe. Yes, nine openings. Six have been filled. If you want to count the Vikings as a half, you can. So five and a half have been filled. Um, however, so the Bears have hired Matt Eberflus, former uh, defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. That's been done and done. We've talked about it. Uh, the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, former offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, which now the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams trade rumors are starting to cook and cook hot. Uh, the oven is almost on broil. Uh, it's so hot. How this is fucking happening. Uh, so, sorry, it's it, this shit gets me absolutely makes me go nuts but the way the NFL media projects this and gets these stories out here are absolutely insane and I understand now why so many people tune in to some of these uh, these headlines in the NFL so many people watching Twitter videos so many people listening to podcasts about it 
Aaron Rodgers, everybody or somebody, I don't know who it was. Uh, not everybody knew about it. They do now. Uh, but somebody released that he bought land in Nashville, Tennessee. And now they're saying that now Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams could end up in Tennessee, which would be absolutely insane. Uh, what you would ask from Tennessee or from the Bucks or all these teams that Aaron Rodgers is being linked to right now, what you would have to ask from these teams to get rid of your two best players is absolutely insane. We talked about it. I think it takes maybe five first-round picks and a player or two to get Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers to your football team. And I don't know what team's willing to give that up. But with Nathaniel Hackett being the, the offensive coordinator in Denver, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to have Denver circled on his list of teams that if he's going to leave Green Bay, he's going to. He ain't gonna get. He's not going to be going anywhere colder. He's going to go somewhere warmer or he's going to go somewhere he's going to win now. And and that's it. There's not going to be calls from the Jaguars. There's not going to be calls from the Jets. There's not gonna, That's not going to happen. He's going to go somewhere warmer or somewhere where he has a chance to win a Super Bowl. And and there's 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 talks of him staying in Green Bay a few extra days after they were kicked out of the playoffs, uh, talking to the GM, talking to the head coach, talking to the owner about what moves they're thinking about making uh, because he's got a big decision coming up. So uh, the Aaron Rodgers stuff is going to continue to be a thing. He did not go on Pat McAfee uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, so uh, let's see what happens. He said in his last appearance on the Pat McAfee show that he would give his answer live on that show as well as it would be before the end of February. So let's see what happens. Let's see if he sticks to that. But we got another month. Uh, sorry, I guess three weeks until a possibility that Aaron Rodgers tells us what he's doing. Next, the Giants filled the role. I talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Brian Flores. Uh, Giants uh, sign and hire Brian Dayball, former offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, to be his head to be their head coach. Uh, I love Brian Dayball. What he's done with Josh Allen, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so is his uh, his pedigree uh, and his resume in the NFL. So uh, I expect big things. Uh, 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 I think that. At the end of the day, the Giants' leadership was not what they wanted uh, in terms of the GM or the head coach. So I think now the Giants can officially reset and might be uh, at the top of a of a li- of a small list of eight teams that go from first or sorry that go from last to first in their division, uh, depending on what Brian Dayball is able to do with what they have or what he's able to acquire uh, in New York. Next, the Raiders signed Josh McDaniels, former head coach in. Denver, as well as former offensive coordinator for Bill Belichick in New England, that is a very interesting hire. I didn't think there was a chance in hell that the Raiders would sign Josh McDaniels. I don't think anybody would after the the shit that he pulled in in Indianapolis when he was supposed to go there as a head coach. He hired a staff and then never showed up. Uh, so they were stuck with the staff that he hired, yet they didn't have him. Uh, so that was very interesting if you're an Indianapolis Colts fan uh, or if you saw that thing actually transpire as it was happening. Uh, but Josh McDaniels, great offensive mind. Uh, the man himself, a little bit sketchy. His offensive mind and his coaching pedigree, a lot better than his reputation. So we'll see what happens in Las Vegas moving forward with Josh McDaniels. Uh, but I just went over it again, but we'll mention it again. The Vikings are expected to hire Kevin O'Connell uh, as their head coach. 
uh, current offensive coordinator for the Rams, and he's going to be that in the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. We'll see how that transpires and what happens with the Vikings, when, considering I considered them a half uh, because nothing's official yet, but they're expected to hire him after the Super Bowl is over. Uh, and the Jags, the newest addition to the coaching vacancy filler edition, uh, is Doug Peterson. Uh, and this is very interesting. I thought Doug Peterson was going to be at the top of the Minnesota Vikings list of, of coaches that they were expected to hire. Uh, it's just a type of coach in Doug that I think that my owners – as a Minnesota Vikings fan, the ownership would like him, would want to hire him, not necessarily after the GM hire did I consider him a strong candidate. However, I think that Doug Peterson in Jacksonville is going to be interesting. Former quarterback, quarterback guru, in quotation marks, uh, with Trevor Lawrence, one of the best uh, players to come out of the draft since Andrew Luck at the quarterback position. So interesting to see what he gets done there. The other interesting part of that conversation that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is that Doug Doug Peterson gets hired in Jacksonville. He now plays Carson Wentz twice a year. So that is something that with a very subpar AFC South division this year, depending on what happens, I think that's going to be a interesting a very interesting addition for the Jacksonville Jaguars to put a little rift in that division and to get a rivalry sparked up uh, that might get a little more serious than it was previously. The three teams that have still yet to fill their coaching vacancies, the Dolphins, Saints, and Texans, two of those teams consider Brian Flores a final candidate for. Uh, So that may put a rift or already put a rift in their plans for what they want to do at the head coaching positions. Uh, Listen, a lot of these teams have interviewed a lot of interesting candidates. Uh, I saw it on my phone on the way home from work today, a shorter day of work than normal uh, with a potential sleet and ice storm. So uh, we got out of work earlier earlier today than normal. But uh, Eric Bieniemy is going to interview for the head coaching position at the Saints. They've already interviewed former quarterback Josh McCown with zero coaching experience uh, in Houston uh, for the Texans job. And Brian Flores is a final candidate, I believe, at at New Orleans and uh, in Houston. So a lot of interesting candidates. I have no idea what the Dolphins are doing, nor have I seen anything. Uh, I thought the last thing I heard that uh, Mike McDaniel, the current offensive coordinator for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, was close to uh, being number one on the list of coaches that the Miami Dolphins would want uh, to replace Brian Flores. Uh, but I haven't heard anything recently. So we'll see what happens from these teams. It's going to be very interesting. There's never an off season, And I know all of us as NFL fans, uh, when the season's not going on, uh, we get a little depressed uh, because there's not really much going on. You expect not much to be going on because there's no games. This season, uh, similar to the COVID offseason, uh, similar to the season even before that, there was a lot of offseason drama that kept the NFL relevant. And this year is going to be, uh, th- this this season is going to be no disappointment in terms of that. So we'll keep an eye on those. 
Uh, I, I will have your guy, you, your guys's props. And that is completely the wrong grammar. My girlfriend would kill me if she heard me say that, but the, I'll have the, the props for the Super Bowl next week. I'll probably do another two podcasts next week. Uh, definitely for sure. One on Friday, uh, the typical Friday preview pod, uh, for the games going on that weekend. So definitely going to do a Super Bowl show. As well as we'll see what happens in the news, but probably going to do two podcasts next week. Pretty safe to say it's going to be Tuesday and Friday. So interesting uh, to see what happens with some of these coaching vacancies. Uh, some of the stuff we talked about today with the with the headlines. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and we want to see what happens. We got some Pro Bowl stuff. I know Pro Bowl is not the most interesting thing uh, to talk about in the NFL universe, but uh, we got the Pro Bowl this week. They've been doing some cool stuff already, uh, but I'll save that kind of some of that stuff uh, for next week for those podcasts. But I appreciate all the listeners out there. Thank you so much. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. Uh, the downloads have been awesome. The shares on Facebook, uh, the ads on Twitter, uh, the reviews on Apple podcasts, uh, the Facebook messages. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate the support. Uh, please hit me with any feedback anywhere on social media reviews, uh, hit me with some feedback. I want to make this a cool podcast. I want everybody to love it. Uh, and, and I want you guys to get some entertainment over it because, uh, the world's full of too much negative shit, uh, to be quite frank. And, and I want this podcast to be the positive light. So, until next week, I will talk to you guys then. Uh, enjoy the Pro Bowl if you're going to watch it. Enjoy any other sports that you're currently watching uh, because we've got the NHL going on all-star break. We've got the... Uh, we've got basketball pretty soon going on the on the, the the all-star break. So a lot of interesting stuff going on, a lot of entertainment. Uh, so enjoy it. I hope you guys have a good rest of the day. Uh, remember to share the podcast anywhere you feel you, you can uh, or you need to. Uh, but I would increasingly enjoy it. So thank you guys so much once again. And until next week. Later.